Blog Talk Radio. caring for a person with autism, great information from a trusted source can be a lifeline. Welcome to Autism Spectrum Radio. We are here to have the conversations that will help you create success for the extraordinary individual with autism in your life. Now, here is your host, Rob Haupt. Hi, and welcome to Autism Spectrum Radio. As I'm sure you can hear, I am not Rob Haupt. Uh, my name is Dr. Gina Chang, and I'm actually going to be your host for the hour today. I am a developmental psychologist and the senior clinical director for Southern California um, for Autism Spectrum Therapies. And I am stepping in um, in Rob's place because Rob is out working on behalf of the families we serve this week, and I am very excited to fill in for him and support this fantastic show um, and the listeners out there. Um, I have to say I'm very excited but a little bit nervous, um, and um, I find this is just an incredible opportunity to, um, to get to participate in, in this um, process, and I got to be on the show a few weeks ago on the other side, so it's fun to, to be the one hosting this week. Um, as m- most of our regular listeners know, at this point um, in the show, Rob shares a story about sort of a moment in the week where he was inspired by either new information or an interaction with a family. And so I'm going to share um, a story that actually involves Rob. Rob and I had um, the opportunity this past uh, Saturday um, to spend some time at a conference called Real Help Now, which is hosted by um, TACA. And it was just a really fantastic event for families, um, definitely one of the best I've ever had the um, opportunity to attend. I think a lot of the reason and what made it so amazing was um, was because of um, just the families that attended and, and because of the work that TACA is doing. They are a great advocacy group for uh, families, and they really created an incredible support system. And it was amazing to see families that were just so organized, comfortable, and really um, really aware of what they needed for their, um, their, their children and for their families. And, and it was amazing to talk with them and, and realize just what a mission they were on to get what they needed um, and to really see how that kind of comes out of being supported. So I think time and time again, the stories they had were of being really supported and that being the thing that actually gave them sort of the ability to go, um, go really fight for what, what they needed and, um, and, and really get the help that they needed for their their children. So it was incredibly um, inspiring time. And in fact, there was one man we spoke with, Sean, and he just um, relayed this incredible story about his um, son, um, who um, is diagnosed with an autism spectrum disorder, is attending a um, a private school actually, and just what an incredible experience has been for their family because of the community at the school. So it's, um, it's actually a, it's a Christian school and like the kids will pray for him and they'll, um, like make cards for him and they'll ask questions about, um, how he's doing and how things are going for him and, and they're very okay when he sort of may, might have a bad day, but they'll, they'll ask questions about that and, and I think it, it really amazed me because in all these ways that so many of us are trying to create, um, a community uh, for families and, and for people on the spectrum that 
you know, they were really having these moments, and it probably isn't perfect, but these moments of really feeling, um, having the child be in an environment where he feels really safe and really seen. So it was really a really special time, um, and I, I don't know, again, it just it made me um, really amazed at the work, again, that Take is doing and the way that they've, their local chapters have done a wonderful job, um, I think, for really empowering families and, and creating space for them. Um, I love that we um, get to partner with them in, in that process as well. Um, I'm sure uh, most of you know that we just concluded Autism Awareness Month at the end of April, um, but Autism Spectrum Radio has decided to keep it going into May. We just had too many great um, guests and too many important conversations to limit it to just to April, So, um, and today's guest is certainly no exception. Um, I wanted to go ahead and introduce um, her. Um, her name is Nancy Burrows, and she is a co-author of the um, for, of Chicken Soup for the Soul, Raising Kids on the Spectrum, and that's the newest um, version of the Chicken Soup for the Soul series. And I'm very um, excited to welcome her. So thank you so much, Nancy, for being here. Thanks so much for having me. Um, Nancy is a freelance writer who lives in Baltimore, Maryland, and she has an 11-year-old son, James, who is on the spectrum. And Nancy has had 20 years of experience writing and producing in the fields of advertising and promotion. She's created on-air campaigns, successfully launched series and networks, garnered industry awards, and made people laugh. Um, and she's currently working on a new pilot for a kid's show as well as a nonfiction book about children with high-functioning autism. Um, so, again, thank you so much um, for uh, being here with us today, Nancy. Um, it's really a pleasure to have you and, and such an enjoyable book to read. Um, I, I feel like even as a parent um, who, who doesn't have a child on the spectrum, I still feel like I received so much from, um, from so much that was written. So um, it's just it's such a great addition. Thank you. Um, Maybe you can speak really quickly about how you got involved in this unique anthology. Sure. Um, well, my son James was diagnosed with an autism spectrum disorder when he was two and a half. And uh, we started working with the Kennedy Krieger Institute okay. here in Baltimore, um, getting a lot of early intervention services from them, speech and occupational therapy. And um, along the way, I met uh, the director of the Autism Center there, her name is uh, Dr. Rebecca Landa, and Dr. Landa and I began collaborating, collaborating on an idea for a book about parent um, experiences, a collection of parent essays about their experiences raising kids. And um, we had collected all a bunch of stories, and we were in the process of looking for a publisher when I discovered that Chicken Soup for the Soul was going to be doing a book on raising kids with autism, mm. and they had a uh, story call out that they had just put out. So I thought maybe we could join forces. We had stories and we're looking for a publisher and they were looking for stories. So I uh, reached out to the publishers of Chicken Soup for the Soul and luckily they were extremely responsive and receptive to the idea of working together. And so we, we sort of came on board as a team and um, got to work on the book. No, that's, that's fantastic. I mean, it's, it really is. And I think even the, um, I don't know, I mean, and, and I know I just, it's just such a, one, I'm sure we'll speak about this more, but even the way it's crafted, you know, it's it's just so nice how it sort of takes you through just the different kind of stages and experiences that a family may have, mm-hmm. um, you know, when when getting a, a diagnosis. So I, I don't know. I, even I felt like I kind of was on a on a journey in the book. Um, yeah, and structuring the book, figuring out how to structure structure it and how to 
you know, how to let the stories unfold was definitely a process. It was a challenging process, but I, I feel like we did a good job in the no, end. No, absolutely. I, I don't know. I really, I really felt that. Like, it reminded me so much of the experiences I have when I, when I meet a family who's just recently received a diagnosis. And then, and then when you've worked with the family for a while and then the different place they're at, you know? So mm-hmm. it, it really did, I don't know, in my experience, really mirror what, um, what it's meant, what it's like to walk kind of alongside somebody and, and at least, as an outsider, watch that process. So um, it, it was um, it, it was great. Maybe you can tell us a little bit about your. You have two stories in the book. Yeah, um, James 101 and bedtime routine. Maybe you can speak speak about those. Um, so James 101 is a. Um, it's three little short snippets sort of put together as one story. Uh, my son has some amazing savant gifts yeah. in the areas of. Um, math, music, and um, memory. And so I had written several stories, and all of them were just a little bit too short for the book, and so the publisher had suggested that I figure out a way to combine them. Okay. Um, so there's sort of three short little snippets. One is about James's obsession with time, yeah. um, which stems from his number fascination. One is about his um, perfect pitch and his incredible musical gifts, and the other about his um, his amazing memory. And um, and I, and the example that I used for the memory piece was um, an evening where we were reading together before mm-hmm. bed, and um, all of a sudden James said to me, "Where's that story that had the word Frankfurter in it?" and uh, he had remembered that several months before, and he remembered the specific date that we had read the story, that the word Frankfurter appeared, but he couldn't remember what the story was. <laughs> and so we spent um, quite a while searching all the books in his room to try to find the one that had the word Frankfurter in it. And um, these are the kind of things that James, you know, fixates on. Yeah. And I, it, was a, it was a great example of his... Um, you know, the perseverative nature of, of the disorder. And um, ultimately, I'm happy to say that I triumphed and I found, I remembered the book that used the word Frankfurter. It was cloudy with a chance of meatball. <laughs> and um, we, we celebrated together. We read the story and he went to sleep. Um, the other story uh, is called Bedtime Routines. And um, that is about the evolution of um, putting James to bed yeah. over a number of years, I, I think probably from the time he was two until he was around eight, and um, kind of how his speech evolved and how his um, interaction evolved with us. Uh, it goes from, you know, being greeted with silence from yeah. the crib when you say goodnight to your child yeah. to um, prompting him with language say, you know, we used to say, say goodnight, mommy, and he would say, say goodnight, mommy, yeah. which was excruciating for me. Um, it, was, it made me so sad every night to hear that little say before the actual phrase. And then he finally dropped that, and he began to um, express himself more organically. And um, the story ends at a point where he just had a classic and quirky and funny um, way of saying goodnight to me that, you know, I could never have imagined when he was two would have yeah. ever come out of his mouth. And so um, it's just a nice show of, of the progress that he's gone through and um, 
you know, that's such an emotional moment when you're putting your child to bed every night and it kind of encapsulates what my experience had been like with him over a number of years. Mm. No. Yeah, no, they were, and um, they're, they're incredible stories, and I'd actually love to come back and just, and just talk a little bit more about them, but we do need to go ahead and take a quick break. Um, so we'll be right back with um, Nancy Burroughs, and please stay with us um, as we just continue to discuss um, her new book, Chicken Soup for the Soul, Raising Kids on the Spectrum, and then also stay with us because we're going to let you know how to get a free copy of the book. So we'll be back in a few minutes. is Autism Spectrum Radio. If you have a question or comment for our host, Rob, or the guest, please send an email to moreinfo at autismtherapies.com. That's moreinfo at autismtherapies.com. Now, back to the program. Hi, and welcome back to Autism Spectrum Radio. If you're just joining us, my name is Dr. Gina Chang, and I am stepping in for Rob Help today, who is not able to be here. And I am joined by Nancy Burroughs, and she's the co-author of Chicken Soup for the Soul, Raising Kids on the Spectrum. And um, just before we went to break, we were having a great conversation about um, two stories that Nancy um, authored in the anthology. And... Um, one of the things I was really um, struck by when I was reading James 101 um, is is just um, how Nancy, how you present both sides of the um, the disorder. How you know you have such amazing, he has amazing gifts, and um, I mean the the pitch perfect is just the stories aren't. I mean, I just I honestly could not imagine <laughs> um, just th- that skill. Uh, I'm horribly. Um, tone deaf, and so it's amazing to me um, when when you describe that. But then also when, as you were talking about the um, the story of of the book with um, Frankfurter and how he knew the day you read it, um, but he couldn't tell you the name of the book, and and then you knew there was no way for you to be able to go to bed that night unless you guys found found the book. Right. Um, and I just um, maybe you can talk a little bit more about kind of the living with that sort of dichotomy of like there are these amazing amazing gifts. Um, some of um, the, our kids have, and yet then on the flip side, just the, the liability that that comes with. Um, well, yeah, I definitely am always aware of kind of the, the double-sidedness of, of the gifts, mm-hmm. and um, James has this incredible fascination with numbers that he's had ever since he was a baby. Um, I mean, when he, James, James's first word was circle. He wow. was fascinated with shapes when he was, you know, 13 months old, and um he uh, he knew all the shapes. He said trapezoid and octagon years before he said mama. You know, everything was a shape. A door was a rectangle. A window was a square. And he sort of progressed from an obsession and fascination with shapes to numbers. And that um, has expressed itself in a number of ways over the years, calendars and, yeah. um, you know, the clock and uh, math and written numbers anywhere that's sort of where his eye goes and that's kind of his security blanket is numbers anywhere he goes and um uh you know it's astounding what his brain does with numbers yeah but the perseveration can really be challenging to live yeah. with we've gone through phases where we could not leave our house until the clock said a certain time because he wanted to see the 41 yeah. or if we're in the car and we're at school 
and it's, you know, 829. He doesn't want to get out of the car until it flips to the 30. So um, sometimes I feel like, you know, our lives are being controlled yeah. by this obsession and this fixation with the with the numbers. Um, and uh, while we've tried over the years to get him to be more flexible about yeah. those things, that's always a, you know, that's, that's a work in progress. Yeah, so, no, absolutely. Um, there's definitely always a dichotomy. There's... Yeah. There's a struggle, and then there's the jaw-dropping yeah. quality. Yeah, amazing. Wow, wow. Um, well, maybe you could share a little bit about um, if you have a favorite story in the book, something that somebody shared that you that really resonated with you or stood out to you. You know, it's so hard to pick one. The book really, yeah. really does run the gamut in um, uh, experiences, severity of the autism. Um, stages of the kids' lives. There's stories about kids that were just diagnosed. There's stories about kids that are going off to college. Um, but some of my favorite stories are the ones, um, uh, there's a chapter called Friends and Strangers. Mm-hmm. And a lot of those stories really kind of moved me because um, those are the pieces where um, you see support from friends in the community coming out. There's a mother who goes to her her school uh, to pick up her child, and he, he has a meltdown, um, you know, out on the carpool line, and she's just mortified and devastated, and um, she comes home and logs onto her Facebook account and is just barraged with supportive messages mm. from people that she knows, you know, saw you at three, hope everything's okay, hang in there. Yeah. Um, and there's a story about a woman who went to Home Depot to purchase um, she wanted to try to make a fountain for her child because okay. she was obsessed with running and circulating water. Uh-huh. And when she explained to the people at Home Depot what she wanted to do and why, they ended up designing the whole thing for mm. her and giving her all the parts for free. So a lot of yeah. those stories speak to sort of the hopefulness of um, the world being a kinder, gentler place right. with more acceptance. And, and so I love those stories. Um, and I also really like the – there's a couple of – really genuinely funny, laugh-out-loud funny stories in there. Um, there's one about a little boy named Oliver who likes to take his pants off wherever he goes, which is just hysterical. Um, there's a mom who who's wrote a story called Call My Daughter Normal and You're In For It. You know, she, she loves the quirkiness of her daughter and wouldn't have it any other right. way. Um, I lo- Sorry, and not to cut you off, but I find that that actually was something that really stood out to me in the book was this sort of this ability, you know, parents, um, at least from my experience, and obviously this is as a clinician or whatever in, in working with families, is, you know, some, for some families, the diagnosis is something that sort of hides their child and mm-hmm. um, they feel like they don't know their child because of the diagnosis. And then for some families, there's actually this almost this, I wouldn't have it any other way at times. Right. And so I it just, sorry, just because you made that comment, it's, and that really stood out to me in this book. I know, and it stood out to me too when I was reading the submissions because that's a part of the journey that I'm still yeah. on. And, you know, I have moments where I just, shake my head in amazement at my son, and I just think he is the most fabulous creature on the planet. Mm-hmm. And then I'll, I'll go somewhere where there's a bunch of typical kids his age doing typical things, and I'll come home and cry because yeah. that experience is, is not accessible to him or to me. You know, we won't have that typical experience. So mm-hmm. it's an interesting balancing act, and there did seem to be some parents in this collection who 
have kind of arrived were, you know, at a place where they just so 100% comfortable and thrilled with who their child is. And um, it's nice to see those stories. Yeah. But but I do, I don't know, I, I feel like from my experience with families and then, and then even reading this, is that so personal, you know? Yes. Like I think it frustrates me when people want to make it, you should be this or you should be. It's, exactly. That is such a personal place. Yeah, um, and I guess, I guess maybe my all-time favorite story in the book would be the first piece, which is mm-hmm. called Tell It Like It Is. And this, this author, Lee Meriday, she's such a fantastic writer. She had so many pieces we wanted to put in the book, and we couldn't put them all in. And um, yeah. she has a blog, and uh, she writes about um, what it's like. You know, people have asked her, what is it like to have a child on the spectrum? And she just is such a beautiful, articulate, moving description yeah. of um, so many aspects of it that I think even though all of our kids are different, um, everything she touches on is a sort of, is a common, is a common emotion, a common yeah. feeling, a common struggle that we all have. And um, it's a really beautiful piece, and it just set up the book perfectly, I think. Yeah. Well, it, it was interesting um, to, to read it as, as a kind of as a clinician or as a more, you know, even just as a parent who, you know, doesn't have a child on the spectrum, but, you know, have my own two children. And I really, um, it really hit me when just the opening kind of two paragraphs where she, she talks about, um, you know, those of us with special needs children know that look, I call it the look of tragedy. Again, she meant no harm. Um, and I, I just think I was like, oh, that's, it's actually really powerful to read it as, you know, because, you want to be empathetic with what people are experiencing, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also, you also want to, I think, as as the general public or as other parents, and if if there are people listening who who have friends, you know, or who have sisters and brothers who have children with, with autism or autism spectrum disorders, that we also want to know how to better support, you know. And I think this book actually can really help us mm-hmm. because it is such an incredible picture of what families go through and, and all the different pieces of it, you know. Um, but I, I don't know, I love that because it's like, no, we also want to celebrate all the joys, you know, and all the incredible things. Right. Um, and, and not just be solemn, you know, or exactly. um, that that's, that's also missing, missing the point. And we had a reader actually um, tell one of our co-authors this week that um, she had a grown child on the spectrum and she had just finished reading the book. And, and we tend to think about this book being really helpful for people who are sort of in the middle of the journey mm-hmm. or at the beginning of the journey. And and she said that um, that she had given the book to everybody in her family yeah. because she said, I feel like for years I've been sharing stories with them and little tidbits, but I feel like all of a sudden I had a, a, a window for them to look in to really grasp yeah. the full yeah. you know, experience that we were having. And um, she was so thankful to mm-hmm. have that you know, a way of, of articulating that for them that she hadn't been able to do herself over the years. So yeah. that was really gratifying for us. No, and, yeah, I, I would actually really agree with that because it's, it's also just such a great read. It's a very, it's a very easy read, you know, and mm-hmm. it's, um, yeah, it's, it's, I, I agree. I think that would be a, a great use of it is for other people to, to really help other people understand that journey. And I, and I did really, as I was reading the submissions, I, I sat in my kitchen actually reading them and, I mean, I was crying, mm, I was yeah. laughing out loud, I was picking up the phone to call my mother or my <laughs> sister and say, you got to hear this story. 
it really ran, runs the full spectrum of of, of the emotions yeah. that you you know deal with. Yeah, no, it's it, yeah, it's just it was really it was just such a it was such a delight. I feel like I can't say enough how what an enjoyable read and a way to ex- experience and access that world. Um, yeah. um, again, I think whether you wherever you are in that journey, or if you are you know somebody who's who's watching a journey happen right. in front of you, um, maybe um, I'm going to kind of. Um, take us somewhere else for a little bit. Um, maybe you can tell us a little bit about your involvement with Real Look Autism. Sure. So one of the um, co-authors of the book is a woman named Mary Beth Marsden. She has been um, a local news anchor here in Baltimore for over 20 years, and she's fantastic. And she has a daughter who's on the spectrum who's also 11, I believe. And oh, okay. um she uh, decided to leave her job um, at the news to spend more time with her family, and she felt like she wanted to um, devote some energy and time to telling different kinds of stories now that were more relevant to her personal family life. Mm-hmm. So um, she and I knew each other because our kids went to kindergarten together, and um, I used to be a television producer, so... Uh, she was sort of asking my advice as she was developing this idea that she had called Real Look Autism, which was an idea for a reality TV show that was kind of like mm. a super nanny, but for families yeah. with kids on the spectrum. Okay. And um, unfortunately, she wasn't able to pitch it to any networks, but along the way, she decided that she was going to set up a website and make make videos anyway. Yeah. Website as um, a resource for parents of kids on the spectrum. And um, so it's a website that has short videos. They're usually around five minutes. Um, and uh, in each video, uh, a, a specific problem that a, store, uh, that a family is struggling with um, and a strategy that they're using that is working is profiled. So um, she did the first piece on her daughter and some anxieties in school that she was having, and it was a really fantastic piece about how they were managing the anxiety and frustration levels at school, and chock full of helpful hints for Mm. parents who are dealing with that. And then she asked us to do the second video for the website. Um, The issue that we were dealing with at the time was um, James is a very messy eater. Okay. And um, so we did a video about strategies we were using to target his messy eating, which at the time had to do with um, earning minutes on the iPad. Okay. And um, we've gotten tons and tons of comments from parents about how helpful that video was. And so um, so Wheel of Autism is, is uh, this website that parents can go to. It's www.realocautism.com. And um, they can choose from, I'm not sure how many videos are up there now, maybe 10. Okay. Um, and get some really wonderful um, tips uh, and strategies for a variety of, of struggles that parents are having, ranging from messy eating to food allergies, mm. um, using um, scaffolding speech okay. for play, um, setting up neighborhood play group with typical kids, uh, going to the supermarket with your child, doing art therapy with your child. So um, there's a lot of really amazing um, pieces on there. And 
uh, she's gotten hundreds of thousands of views on the videos, and uh, and now she has and she has a Facebook page as well, and it's a it's a really nice um, community that um, shares strategies and things. So it's great for parents to know about. Oh, that's no, that's fantastic, and I think you know even when we were talking like doing our work, we partner with Taka and just um, even like the vision at AST really is about getting families resources and mm-hmm. their needs. And it's just, it's, it's exciting to have another, another thing that we can, you know, direct families to that. And I love the video piece that, you know, they can actually watch videos. Because right. And, that... and actually the videos are airing on the autism channel now. Oh. But, um, you know, for people who don't have, have that, um, they can see them online and, okay. and it's, uh, it's great. Sounds great. Well, we do need to take a um, quick break, so um, we're going to go ahead and then um, we'll be right back in a few moments. This is Autism Spectrum Radio. If you have a question or comment for our host, Rob, or the guest, please send an email to moreinfo at autismtherapies.com. That's moreinfo at autismtherapies.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to Autism Spectrum Radio. I am your host, Dr. Gina Chang, and I'm sitting in for Rob Haupt, who is not here today, and I'm joined by our guest, Nancy Burroughs, and again, she is co-author of Chicken Soup for the Soul, Raising Kids on the on the spectrum, and um, Nancy, if we can just go, you know, back to the book. Um, you know, how how do you see this being used um, f- for parents as sort of a reference? Like, I know we've sort of touched on a bit of the journey, but what are what are other ways that um, you think parents might be able to use this um, as a reference for them in this process? Um, well, I remember when James was diagnosed, and I kind of was looking into the abyss and trying yeah. to figure out where to start and where to begin. And um, there is some practical information in here. First of all, there's a there's a glossary actually at the end of the book about terms, um, certain commonly used terms and phrases that have to do with autism and with interventions. And I think that's helpful when you're sort of getting a handle on the whole lingo at the beginning. Um, and then there is so many stories of parents who um, who have whose kids have just been diagnosed and um, the initial steps they took. Um, the Speech therapy. The even even before they started with speech therapists, there are some ki- parents who tell stories about taking pictures of everything in their house and labeling them with words. And um, so there are a lot of strategies that are kind of outlined um, in terms of different therapies that parents have used. Yeah. Um, but I think I mean I really see it primarily as an emotional resource mm-hmm. for parents because. You know, there's a big difference between Googling autism on the Internet and and reading 101 examples of parents' experiences. Yeah. And, um, and to be able to, instead of staring into kind of blackness and having no idea what your immediate or long-term future is going to hold, um, getting at least a little idea of the kinds of experiences you may have. And of course at the beginning you don't know you don't know where your child's going to end right. up. Um, but at least it gives you um glimpses of the possibilities. Yeah. And so, you know, 
I, I, for me and for a lot of parents um, with kids on the spectrum, it can be a very isolating experience, uh, especially if you don't know anybody at the beginning who, whose kids are on the spectrum. And if you're coming into contact with all parents of neurotypical kids, it's just extremely isolating. There's no common ground on which to have a conversation. And um, that's painful, and it's just sort of another another blow to deal with while you're trying to process everything else that's going on. So, um, you know, to feel that you're not alone in this, I think, is a, is a, is a huge resource for parents. I think there was a way, I think what I also sort of felt was, because it's also just, you know, the saying is, if you've met one child with autism, you've exactly. met one child with autism. And I think that in that way, this also seems so valuable because it's, you know, it's, it's giving you all these different pictures, all these different glimpses, like you're saying, of, of different kinds of sort of iterations of autism spectrum disorder. Right. And I think, um, I think in that way, that's also, I think, gives a sense of sort of safety or feeling known because it is so different, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know, I really, um, I, I just think in, in regards to how other disorders play out and, and how there is much more sort of, what we would say is like homogeneity in in the disorder, you know. Mm-hmm. Whereas autism, depression disorders are so unique that way. Right. So um, I I also thought I was like, oh, that would be so helpful to be able to feel like you could find, you know, in different stories, sort of different pieces, little, then, little pieces of your child. Yeah. 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 And I I got an uh, an email from somebody who just read the book um, a couple of weeks ago, and it said she said that above all, the book gave her hope. Gave her a sense of hope for her son, for her family, for everyone with ASD, and for um, the potential for public understanding mm. about it. And it was just such an amazing email to get because that's exactly why we wrote the book. It was like she hit every single thing we were trying to achieve. And um, you know, I I hope that um, that more people have that reaction and have the opportunity to use it that way because. It's a, as a source of hope, I think is it's also a tool for parents. Yeah, I mean, would you um, would you say that that would be sort of the the biggest takeaway that you um, you sort of wanted families with children on the spectrum to have from the book? I think the, the biggest takeaway would be you're not alone, mm. and sort of the next biggest is you know stay hopeful. Yeah. What um what has been instrumental for you? I mean, obviously, um, besides you know, you, um, you participating in this book, but I mean, in your journey prior to you know, to the book being published and prior to your contribution, like what what was significant for you in in feeling, in sort of having those needs met that you're not alone and that and that you you can be hopeful. Um, we were very fortunate that we happened to live 10 minutes away from one of the foremost mm-hmm. autism centers in the world. Yeah. And I had no idea at the time that we did, but I quickly discovered when I started doing my research that the Kennedy Krieger Institute was 10 minutes from my house. So um, once we were able to start getting services there, uh, and we were on a wait list for quite some time, but... Um, I, I remember the first day we were there, and I saw the staff interacting with James. Mm. And it was just an instant connection that they established with him. Mm. And it was the first time since the diagnosis that I really 
felt like someone knew how to reach my son and someone knew how to teach me mm-hmm. to engage with him in a more meaningful way. And so um, the more early intervention services we had, the more speech therapists we met, the more uh, occupational therapists who worked with him and with us, um, as we learned more and as we saw him progressing, um, that's where the hope came from, you know. Um, for for us, music was a really big part of the picture because James did have such a strong connection to music. And I yeah. think I sang to him for a year straight. I mean, when, once mm-hmm. I discovered that, everything became a song. Everything was music. But when you find something that works with your kid, you know, it's yeah. just you're driven to use it as much as possible and um, squeeze as much power out of it as you can. And so um, every time there was even a little snippet of of a glimmer of something positive happening, that sort of kept fueling the hope. Um, And as far as feeling less alone, um, I guess as I started meeting more parents, you know, you're sitting around waiting rooms and meeting parents and, oh, this one has a friend who has a child who went to this school, and you slowly start building mm-hmm. a network of people to share the experience with. But it takes a long time, and there is no set path, and every child is so different that yeah. everyone's sort of feeling their way, making their own path as they go. Yeah. And so it is very different from a lot of other disabilities because, you're just feeling your way as you go. And, yeah. um, you know, this book, is a, it's instant support group right there, you know. No, absolutely. absolutely. Uh, but I, yeah. I did feel isolated for, you know, a long time, definitely. Yeah. Well, I even, I mean, I even thought of this book as sort of um, just a great introduction to, like, a support community because I think, again, you know, I'm, you know, I'm not a parent of a child with, with um, on the spectrum, but I just think of like what it must be to try to go to your first parent support group, you know, or to um, to, to just sort of be dealing with with just the whole gamut of emotions, you know, both positive and and then the hard things. And and I felt like even just having this as sort of the first emotional kind of experience to, to walk you through that mm-hmm. would just sort of equip you to to feel maybe more comfortable in those emotions mm-hmm. um, when you go to kind of get, get more support or to build relationships with other people. Definitely. So um, we are going to take um, one more quick break, and then we will be back to um, finish up our conversation with Nancy Burroughs. So please stay with us. Autism Spectrum Therapies is proud to present Autism Spectrum Radio. At AST, we see a world where people with autism dream and achieve their full potential. Our promise is to support families through our extensive resources, highly trained staff, and outstanding programs. At AST, we recognize that every child is unique. We are proud to offer what we believe is the most cohesive approach to supporting your child's needs and goals at each stage. From ABA to speech therapy, occupational therapy, and social skills, we have the elements you need to build the plan that is just right for you. One company, one team, with one mission, to support individuals and their families to dream and achieve their full potential. 
Call us today to let us know how we can best support your family at 866-727-8274. To find out more about AST, visit our website at www.autismtherapies.com. is Autism Spectrum Radio. If you have a question or comment for our host, Rob, or the guest, please send an email to moreinfo at autismtherapies.com. That's moreinfo at autismtherapies.com. Now, back to the program. Hi, and welcome back to Autism Spectrum Radio. I'm here with Nancy Burrows, and she is co-author of Chicken Soup for the Soul, Raising Kids on the Spectrum, and she also has an 11-year-old um, with an autism spectrum disorder. And Nancy, just to kind of go back to our conversation, um, I'd love to know, just you know, as somebody who's now walked this journey for um, 11 years, what advice would you give to parents who's, whose child has just been newly diagnosed? Um, I guess... I would say uh, start researching, uh, research about autism and also about the services that are available for intervention in your area. Um, I would say get to work. I mean, this, mm. I, I, rem- I let myself cry for about two days and then mm. I just got to work. And, uh, and the more research I was doing and the more information I was gathering, I felt more empowered. So I would say get to work. Um, Make sure that you and your family are working as a team. It can be very stressful to yeah. a marriage and a family, but try to all be on the same team. Yeah. Um, you know, keep hope, stay hopeful, um, and most of all, love your child. Mm. Um, you know, that's the most important thing. Yeah. And um, I guess sort of on that, if there's something um, you could teach the general public about um, ASD, what, what would it be? Well, you were talking before about the saying, when you've met one child with autism, you've met one child with autism. And, I, and, that, and that's really it, that every individual is different with unique gifts and unique challenges. Yeah. Um, I want them to take the time to see the person behind the diagnosis and um, to realize that our kids are being capable of, are capable of being funny and loving and um, maybe even desirous of making connections, but they just may not show it in conventional ways. Um, so not only to be aware, but to be supportive, empathetic, and ultimately accepting of our kids in all their iterations. Yeah. yeah. Um, Nancy and I were having a, a, um, a quick conversation while, while we were at break, and one of the things I said to her, and I, I think um, just for those of you listening, is that, you know, um, I, I really think this is just such Again, and I know it was designed for, you know, um, probably primarily for, for families who are, are on this journey. But, I, again, I, I can't reiterate enough how much I think this um, book would be such a fantastic gift for anybody close to somebody who's on that journey. So um, whether they're people who work with kids um, on the spectrum or if they're just family members, but it's just an um, incredible I guess, again, experience of what that journey is and, and just kind of giving you a sense of how different and how different it is for each, each parent and each sort of dynamic between a parent and a child in, in this journey. So, um, again, I, I just can't emphasize enough what, you know, 
I think what it, the perspective it gave me um, um, in in reading it. So. I just wanted to encourage all of you out there. I don't think it's just for just for people who um, who have a child with with autism. Although, again, it's an incredible resource for that. Um, um, Nancy, I would love um, if you for you to share your contact info um, for families who would be interested in contacting you to get more information. Sure, um, they can email me at nancyburrows813 at gmail dot com. It's N A N C Y B U R R O W S eight one three at gmail dot com. I'd love to hear from people. Okay, that'd be great. And is there any um any other additional thoughts or um anything else you wanted to share or even just a quick story about James? I'm I'm can't wait to go watch those videos now. <laughs> um, I think you've you've covered everything. Um here's I'll I'll leave you with a quick anecdote. Um James was at gym the other day at school and um they were playing hockey and the gym teacher was going over some safety issues and he said to the kids, um, what could happen if you threw your hockey stick? And all the kids said, You could hurt somebody and James said it would make an echo. <laughs> and that's just classic James there. And his behavioral therapist heard the story, and she said, I know that's totally off, but I just love that his brain works that way. No, it and that's is. that's a perfect example of, you know, the good and the bad of how that brain works. No, it, and it is. It's a whole. It's a whole other perspective, right? Mm-hmm, exactly. I think it, I always love it because it makes me realize that the questions I'm asking are not so obvious. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Thank you so much, Nancy. And again, just really, um, really enjoyed um, having you on on our show. And, and thank you for being with me on my first show. So that's um, it, was, it was really great to talk with you today. It was a pleasure, and thanks so much for saying so many kind things about the book. No, it's it's great. Um, and the other. Um, just as we sort of move towards, I have um, the privilege of um, sharing our fifth and final winner of the What Is Your Moment campaign. And um, for those of you who have been following along, this has been a truly inspiring experience for all of us as have been involved. And um, the stories have just been amazing. Um, and if you, you've missed them, you can um, read them on um, Autism Spectrum Therapy's Facebook page um, and on our website. So... Um, today is no exception. I'm excited to share this one with you. And today's moment comes from um, a dad, Brian. Um, and this is what Brian wrote. The signs were there all along, but we attributed them to my son being born seven weeks early at three pounds, seven ounces. We thought the delays, the sensory issues, the language problems were all due to his being born premature. The most obvious sign looking back, was that he never looked us in the eye for more than a glance, even as an infant. We look back at our photos now, and he was never looking at the camera. My moment is something I will never forget. He was about three and a half, about a year after he was diagnosed with autism. My son grabbed my face with both hands, drew me in close, stared deeply into my eyes, and yelled, Daddy! with a smile in his eyes that matched the beaming of both my face, my face and his. Um, thank you, Brian, for sharing your moment. Um, ASTN Autism Spectrum Radio is um, pleased to gift your family with an iPad mini to promote learning, communication, and play. Um, yeah, and I just, um, that's just an in- incredible story, and um, I think, um, as a parent, I, you know, it's, it's just amazing um, to, to hear because I think I, 
even again, even though I don't have a child on the spectrum, to just hear those stories, those moments when your child grabs hold of your heart and um, um, it are just beautiful. So thank you, and thank you to everybody. As I've as I've read them over the last um, month, they have just been incredible and um, so inspiring, and, and create such perspective on um, on our lives and and what it means to love. And um, so thank you for sharing and. Um, if you didn't get a chance to enter our contest, contest, you definitely still have a chance to win something special. Um, right now, the first five listeners who go to our contest page and um, at autism therapies backslash contest backslash um, contest, um, and in the story section of the entry, write Chicken Soup for the Soul. The first five entries will receive a copy of the book, courtesy of Nancy Burris. And the publishers of the book. So, please do that. It's um, again, I, I think it is a fantastic read and really enjoyable and really inspiring. Um, I just wanted to say thank you so much, Nancy, for being with us today um, and taking the time. Um, and again, um, I just you know really wanted to encourage um, everybody listening, whether again you you are on your own journey with a child on the spectrum, or whether you are a family member or a good friend, or work with um, children on the spectrum or adults. Just um, I think it, it's just so valuable to have um, a moment to kind of reflect on both what is in, incredible that our kids that these kids do, that our kids do in in the ways that they are exceptional and and really special. Um, as you will read in the book, um, and also, you know, just the the realities of, I think, um, kind of the liabilities that come with that, that I think um, Nancy has just spoken to today, that it's something that brings immense joy and yet and also just brings, you know, a lot of trying days um, and that there's a lot of space in that in that dichotomy. Well said. <laughs> yeah, well, thank you again, and... Um, Look forward to hopefully maybe another reiteration of Chicken Soup with Raising Kids on the Spectrum um, in the years to come. Thanks so much, Nancy. Thank you. And thank you, everybody. I hope that you have um, a really wonderful week, and um, Rob will be returning next week. I know he's excited to be back. Um, If you have any questions or comments for us, you can email our show at moreinfo at autismtherapies.com or visit our Facebook page or explore our website. Um, And we'll be talking to you next week. Thank you so much. We hope you've had some questions about autism answered this week. Autism Spectrum Radio can be heard live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Please join us for another edition next week.